All right, all right. Casey here. Welcome to another episode of Bible Talks. Um, we are continuing our series on um, the study of the end times. Um, I've got Jamie Pridgen here with us. Um, and today's episode, we are going to um, cover two subjects. Um, and specifically, we're going to look at the abomination of desolation uh, and the great tribulation, as those things are, they are tied so um, closely together. And so abomination, desolation, uh, great tribulation. Uh, Jamie, what are those? If you could just give me that, and then and where are they found in the Bible, and uh, we'll go from there. So the, the, the there's many places where these are found. Uh, there's a couple places where it's specific, like it's, it actually gives it the name. Um, but the the idea of of the Great Tribulation or the Abomination Desolation, you you see that kind of laid out through the scriptures, um, where where these events take place. So, um, but you know, Jesus in Matthew 24, he kind of lays out this this thing where he says he says, when you see the Abomination Desolation spoken by Prophet Daniel. He gives a few other things, and he says, then there will be great tribulation, <clears throat> such as never been in the history of the world, nor shall ever be. And so, though tribulation is something that's kind of always a part of us, like John says in John 1, he says, I'm, I'm your brethren with you in the tribulation. Tribulation is something that everyone experiences. It just means trial, right? right? But there's, there's, there seems to be a, a, a demarcated uh, uh, event, which the scriptures call the, the great tribulation, or, or Daniel calls it the time of trouble. Mm-hmm. It's, and and uh, Jesus seems to borrow that same exact language in Matthew 24, and uh, so Jesus said, he said, when you see this event called the abomination of desolation, then there will be great tribulation. And in Daniel, when he uses the same same phrases, uh, the angel says, how long will it be from the abomination until the uh, to, to the end of it, to the resurrection? And, uh-huh. and the angel says, it'll be for a time, times and a half a time, which is the three and a half year period, which we discussed earlier. Yeah, which which is also referenced as 42 months or 1260 days. days. Exactly. Right. And so... Um, it seems to be this this period of time that's just preceding the coming kingdom, where there's a time of trouble uh, uh, for the saints and for, the, for and on the earth, and um, that starts with this event called the abomination desolation, and it and it goes through the the, the until the Lord returns. The, the Bible says that <clears throat> Antichrist is given the 42 months to re- to reign during this time, and so um, this 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 period has many different facets to it. Um, such as uh, obviously there is the judgments of God, this is what we call the seals and trumpets that take place in the Book of Revelation, uh, with lots and lots of people dying during this time. Uh, it's a it's a very difficult time. It's also got some glorious moments in it, where you know it says the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached to all nations. Then the end will come. So we know that the gospel is going to grow. You know, Jesus said in the in the wheat and tares passage that the righteous and the wicked would grow up together until the end end of the age, which that's actually. A, could go back to our preacher version, yeah. you know, because because he said they grow together, they stay together until the very end. Yeah, uh, not not one doesn't get out of here before the other one does. But anyway, that's going back, a, that's a good point. Um, the uh, but but going back is that as that this time, uh, Jesus said it'd be like nothing that we've ever seen uh, on the earth, and you and you see it, you know, you look at um, um, you know uh, Isaiah when referencing this time period, I believe it's Isaiah thirteen verse 11 or 12 he he says he says that by the end of this event at this time of great tribulation he says that finding a man alive will be like finding rare gold wow <clears throat> which you know that's i've never found rare gold just you know walking out in the streets or whatever yeah it'd be very rare and he said he said he said and he's saying that in the sense of how many people will, will die i mean jeremiah you know prophesied that he said that the bodies would lay all across the earth no one there'd be not enough people to bury them uh but in revelation it says that you know, you got to think there's 21 judgments, and, and let me just tell you about one of them. I mean, one of the 24 is the uh, fourth seal, and it says that if, at that time, a fourth of the earth will die. 
you know, that's, I mean, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet right now, six and a half, whatever it is. Um, and I'm just, I don't know this, but let's just, let's just, let's just for sake of argument, let's just say there's 10 billion people on the planet, which kind of makes it an easy number mm-hmm. by that time. You know, a fourth of the earth dies, that's 2.5 billion people dying in one judgment. And that, wow. that, to just give you context, that would be 50, that would be like 50 World War II's happening at the same time. Wow. You know, the worst war we've ever known in the history of humanity. And imagine you had 50 of those happening simultaneously or within a short period of time. Wow. That's how many people died. And, uh, and then that's at one judgment. And then you have um, the fifth, I'm sorry, the sixth trumpet judgment where it says a third of the earth will die. Mm. So if you had a fourth already died, and then later on you have a, you know, you have a third die, and that, that in total, that, if you do the math on that, that means 50% of the earth. Wow. Winds up being 50% of the earth dies in two of the 21 judgments. That's insane. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that's terrifying, and it is. Um, it's, it's, it's terrifying in a sense, but then in other instances, if you think about, you know, we're all going to die. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's just a different way to go. You yeah. Know? And, um, you know, so, you know, you could die in, in old age, laid up in a bed, or you could get your head cut off by the Antichrist. And, you know, I mean, I guess if you're going to go, you might as well. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you might as well. I'm saying that jokingly, but, but yeah, you know, it, it so anyway, it's going to, it's going to be challenging, um, more difficult for those that are, it's going to be difficult for everybody in the sense, in the sense that, you know, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall be the son of man comes, you know, Lot was not the target of God's judgment. It was Sodom and Gomorrah, right. but Lot was greatly affected by those judgments. Yeah. You know, and he lost his home and he lost his job. Yeah. Uh, of course, his wife backslid or whatever you want to call it. She turned back, you know, and she turned into a pile of dust. Uh, lost his wife. His his kids wind up, you know, having a difficult time. You know, yeah, up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, and sure. They had to live in the mountain. They had to live in mountains. I mean, it, there was there was a real difficulty that the church had to embrace, though they were not necessarily the target of the judgment. Yeah. And um, in the same way, the church won't be the targets of the judgment, but they will be we will be massively affected by them. And uh, and they, but we are not promised that we will not be killed by the antichrist. In fact, it says we're going to be given to his hands for a time, times and a half time. Mm-hmm. Because but you got to think from God's perspective, martyrdom is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a way to it's reward you. Glorious your thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So the great tribulation is it's 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 found throughout the scriptures, and it's it's like the uh, the uh, it's like he he identifies it like a woman going into labor, and you know you have um, birth pangs on the front end. Mm. So you have soft That's labor. Matthew twenty four. Matthew twenty four, yeah. which are usually judgment events that happen far apart when they're they're lesser in intensity, and the closer you get to birth, the more intense they get, and the closer together they get. And that's how you said the, the, the tribulation will be like a woman going into labor. They're going to start far apart and get closer together and more intense as we go along. My my guess is we're probably in those days somewhere on the on the fat on the on, on the, the spectrum, spectrum yeah, yeah. On the birth pain spectrum right now. Um, and uh, it's only going to get more intense, and the judgments will get closer together. And then you'll go into the time we'll go into the time of the hard labor, which is what the Bible says is the great tribulation. Which is it's like I mean when you know when a woman has a baby, it's it, when it's time for the baby to be pushed, it the, the contractions are hitting. I mean, almost immediately, at, yeah. one after another, and they're at the highest level of intensity. And that is what the great tribulation or the hard labor is. It's it's um, it's twenty one judgments squeezed within a very short amount of time that are maximum intensity to bring about the purposes of God on the earth prior to His kingdom being established. And so, um, so wow. that so yeah, and, and and it's all through the Bible. It's not just found in the Book of Revelation. The Book of Revelation gives a name to it, calls it sealed the sealed judgments. Or the trumpet judgments, but the these these ideas are actually found all through the writings of the prophets. If you read uh, Isaiah twenty four, <clears throat> it's like 
Yes, but it's my light reading for the day. Yeah, light yeah, reading. It's kind of what you do when you're yeah. you, you write it on the mirror in the bathroom. <laughs> but he, he's very clear. He says that by the he goes during this time that, that the judgments will hit so hard that the earth will be distorted. Like you won't be able to you won't be able to to, uh, to recognize many landmarks anymore. Wow. Um, it says that God will make uh, uh, rivers into coastlands. Which you could read past that, but if you just thought that through a minute, that's that's kind of intense. I mean, imagine if let's just say the Mississippi River became a coastland, that meant half the United States fell into the ocean. Wow! Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that it's that river, but I'm saying like he's going to do these 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 kind of events that that cause um, you know <clears throat> a massive destruction that, 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 that takes place to our economics, our uh, way of life, everything that that we do, which is um, he's going to shake everything that can be shaken, and mm-hmm. only the things that can't be shaken are going to get to remain, which is which is amazing because that means if you build your life on God's principles, there are certain things that will continue into the next age uh, that he'll he'll that you'll bring with with you. And um, but uh, anyway, so but yeah, so it's, it's all through the scriptures. This time of great trouble, it was something that was believed by the early fathers, um, and it's going to be a time of persecution when the saints are literally given into the hands of the Antichrist to be martyred. To be killed, some of us will be spared. We don't know who. That's what Paul said. You know, he is alive and remains until the coming of the Lord. In other words, there's, there's, it's not guaranteed that we're all going to make it to the rapture. Totally. We, we talk a lot about the rapture, but it, it, probably in reality, very few of us are actually going to make it that far. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and so we got to get prepared because you prepare differently for peace than you do for war. And so if you know that you're, you may have to go through this, you prepare differently, or you prepare your kids differently. Yeah. And, um. You know, we are in the beginning stages of this birth thing. We don't know how long this will last, but I think it's something we, we, we have to start living in such a way. And I'm not saying we build bunkers or dam. It's not that. It's it's getting the kingdom values in us and rejecting uh, the excesses that this life is going to have because the people that are leaning on that, when the, when the shakings happen, they're going to, they're going to, great will be their crash. Mm. And they're going to get offended. And that's why Jesus said, because of offense, the love of many will grow cold in this day. Yeah. And it's right now, if you look at, you know, Facebook and all this stuff, all it is, it's a, the, the different chats, different things are happening around the world. They're, they're like, they're opportunities for people to mock and get offended. It's those two things. Mm. And, you know, Psalms 1 is that he sits in the seat of the scornful, you know, like yeah. he stands up past the center, that's mocking that spirit. And like, we've got to get free of that stuff because it's going to, what's going to happen when judgments begin to take place, we're going to get offended with God. And that's how people get. That's how. That's how mainly how people fall away. Absolutely, it's not because of God didn't come through with this prayer, or that prayer, or whatever. It's it's because they're actually offended with the Lord for various reasons because they mm-hmm. allow a lot of offense in their heart. And uh, <clears throat> and so anyway, so the so the great tribulation, uh, and, and I said this in one of our our earlier sessions, but I think it's it's important to know because if you were like me and you grew up and really left behind was all you had for your your eschatology. We think of, at least I always thought the Great Tribulation is seven years, right. but it, what actually seems to be the case in the Word is that it's, it's it, though it may be a seven-year period of time, really the Great Tribulation is the latter half the of latter that, half. Right. beginning with what we call the Abomination of Desolation, yes. what, what, what Jesus referred to, Daniel referred to, <laughs> as the Abomination of Desolation. Yeah. Can you speak more on that particular thing? So what what is the Abomination of Desolation? I know you, you talked about it's the Antichrist you know, sitting himself at the temple, right. like go through, paint the picture for me. What is yeah. happening with the Antichrist as the abomination of desolation is happening? So Daniel 7, 8, 9, really 11 through 12, he, 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 he 
talks about this uh, this ruler, which we know the little horn Antichrist, and um, and it talks about the, and also an event called the abomination desolation. But the the way the Lord often does prophecy is that He'll speak in such a way to where there can be initial fulfillments, like minor fulfillments on the front end that are really to serve to give credence or, or to, to give faith to believe yeah, that the final fulfillment will take place. almost even. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, for example, you know, uh, so, you know, uh, what is the, um, the, the virgin, um, uh, to unto us, a son is born unto us, is, mm-hmm. you know, given, and, uh, government shall be on sh- shoulders, you know, the virgin shall come forth with a child and that whole thing, the Christmas verse, right? Yeah. What's interesting, if you read that verse and the very next chapter is actually followed by Isaiah having a baby. Mm. And it's a, he said it would be a sign to the local king in his day that the uh, the northern armies were going to come and take out the northern tribes. Wow! And um, so, so it, it actually, has a fulfillment. It had a fulfillment exactly. Right. And then Isaiah's wife has a baby, and and then the thing happens that he prophesied. But I mean, Matthew in the book of Matthew clearly says this passage is about Messiah Jesus. Yeah. And then if you look at the passage, it's clearly not about Isaiah's son who didn't sit on the throne of David. He wasn't a king. It wasn't. In other words. It, there's parts of the passage it doesn't fulfill, and then there's part of a local area that actually shows fulfillment. And that's actually found, you find that actually throughout Scripture a, yeah. a good bit. And um, Is that the near-far prophecy? Yeah, we, 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 yeah people call it near-far prophecy. There's there's probably even better terms for it, but that's kind of the, the idea. Is that the, the, and, and so we see that in Daniel. And so there seems to be, and this is actually what the Jews believed when they read Daniel, uh, even the disciples would have believed this, um, that the abomination desolation was fulfilled um, in the 300 B.C. range, 330-ish B.C., uh, under a regional king, his name was Antiochus Epiphanes. They called it he, his name. Epiphanes, I think, was a uh, was uh, son, was God manifest was the idea. That's what his name yeah. means. Yeah, and and they changed his um he you know his friends called him the Madman. Like they gave him a little different pronunciation. They said he was just crazy. But um, the this king had uh, th- that time Jerusalem was under control of the of the of the Greeks. The uh, the Seleucid, I believe, it was. And um, the uh, this man is just as wicked as can be. So this is before Jesus. This is before before it's Jesus. Really important to, to get yeah. that. Yeah. And he marched into Jerusalem. I'm not going to give the whole background story, but he marched into Jerusalem. This is where we get the story of Hanukkah from, which is not just a side holiday. I mean, Jesus celebrated. It was called the Festival of Lights in John chapter 10. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a whatever. It's actually a really important event. And um, it's, you can read about this in the Book of Maccabees, and and, and which is not a Bible book, not but a Bible book, but, a very good, but it's a good historical book yeah. to understand what was going on that day. And it talks about the abomination of desolation in there because Antiochus went into the temple and sacrifices a pig, which is an unclean animal, on the altar. And he sets up a, a, a statue, most believe it was probably to Zeus, which was the Greek pantheon, but it's not real clear if that's what he did. But he puts a statue up and, and then he puts idols up all around the city as well. And then he commands the Jews that were there to bow down to these 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 idols at the point of, of the sword at death. And many of the Jews were slain because they wouldn't refuse to bow down. Some of them, um, you know, just yielded and, and worshipped the idols. And uh, and um, <clears throat> you know, it was a really horrific horrific event in Jerusalem. And uh, <clears throat> it wasn't over until <clears throat> sorry, till uh, the the Maccabees the the family. They raised up an army and pushed the Greeks out of out of uh, out of the temple, and they cleansed the temple, and that's where we get the story of, of, of Hanukkah from. Mm. Of course, there's some things that have been added to it. I mean, with the, the the menorah and all, how that all works. But basically, the, but the idea was that what they did was historically true. Yeah. And so that event was called the Abomination of Desolation. It was known throughout Jerusalem that what Daniel prophesied, he prophesied about that that event. 
So that you can imagine the surprise on the disciples' faces when they're now, you know, roughly 300 years and some change later, they're sitting with Jesus on the Mount of Olives, and they say, tell us, what will be the sign of your coming, your second coming, and, 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 and you know, in power and glory? And, uh, and, and of your return, and, he's, and they say, and Jesus says, well, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken about the prophet Daniel. Wow. <clears throat> so Jesus rightly interprets Daniel by saying these prophecies that were given for Daniel are actually to be fulfilled in the future. But we can look to the historical, what happened to Antiochus, as a, like a near-far prophecy, as a type and shadow of what would take place in the future, whereas Antiochus was a regional king, who did something regionally in Jerusalem that affected those people. The Antichrist, in a similar way, will do something related to the Jerusalem the temple, but it has a global effect. It's bigger. It's, 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 a, it's a more yeah. broad. And when you actually go back and read the, the story of, uh, of Daniel, you start realizing that this prophecy could not have been fulfilled by, uh, by Antiochus in, in, in fullness. There are certain things, that, yes, but then there's certain things that there's just no way. It's impossible that he could have fulfilled these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to the Daniel 11, to where it says where, he, where this man will die. Says that this man will die in, in, uh, near near Jerusalem. Well, Antiochus died in Persia. I mean, it's just things like that. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the the abomination of desolation then is speaking of something that was similar to Antiochus that would happen in the future. And so we we see a couple of the references. Well, we see in 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 Second Thessalonians two, Paul talks about the man of sin who walks into the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now the the temple of God to these guys meant something. Now it, it was it's not just talking about the temple, of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to walk into everybody's Holy Spirit closet in their chest. <laughs> right. It's talking about it literally meant the temple the that had been temple. in Jerusalem. Yes, yeah. exactly. And um, that and I wanted to say this, is the temple was not uh, anathema. That was not. It was not like a curse word to the to the Christians. Mm-hmm. They they gathered every day at the temple to to worship and pray and do their you know their Bible studies and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You know they went there all the way up until it fell in seventy A.D. And there's prophecies about it, it being restored and rebuilt. I mean, it's not, this is, I mean, Ezekiel 40 through 48 is a very long, detailed prophecy about a temple that has never been built that's going to come. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you can't say that's just about the Holy Spirit because he's very detailed about how many steps there's going to be and how many yeah, cubits totally. there's going to be and how many bricks. I mean, it's just so detailed that it, to say that's about something ethereal or something about the Holy Spirit in our, in our, in our soul is, it makes interpreting the passage impossible. Yeah. Anyway, I get on that. That's so, yeah. helpful. But, so there's going to be another temple that's going to be rebuilt. Now, there's a million different conjectures where and when, how, and all that. Currently, it's important to know. Right, the Temple Mount. Where, 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 what's happening on the Temple Mount right now, where right. the temple should be built. Exactly. Is the, the Islamic Temple Mount is right. there. Um, but I would just say this, yeah, so we look at that in the natural, we all go, how, how could that happen? Tell you something. For two thousand years, people were looking at all the passages about Israel, and they were like, "How? How's that going to happen? How's that going?" They were gone. They were out of their land. That nobody, they didn't exist yeah. as a people, as a unified nation anywhere. And it would have been just as impossible to look at that and go, "There's no way." And yet, almost overnight, there they're, they are. They're a nation, yeah. And it, it'll happen again, just like that. And yeah. uh, and then we, we, you know, we could say a million different ways. We don't know how the Lord's going to move it. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's a, there's a million ways He can move that 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 piece of the pie. That's not that's not an issue for Him. Mm-hmm. Um. But this temple will be there. They will restore sacrifices and offerings again on, on this temple. Which, which are not happening right now. Which are not happening right now. Right. right. Just like they didn't happen in the Babylonian captivity. They mm-hmm. didn't happen yet. I mean, anyway, so they will, they will start. And it says, Daniel 9 says that it'll, it'll go. And then in the middle of that of the seven-year period, that the, those, those sacrifices and offerings will be brought to an end. And then the abomination desolation will be set up. 
So it tells it there's some sort of shift in power, just like it was in Antiochus, where they came in and put sacrificed the pig, put up the, uh, the the Zeus altar. Second Thessalonians says that instead of that, it's the Antichrist going in, and he, you know, proclaims himself to be God. That he is the sacrifice, so to speak. He is the, you know, the Messiah. Wow. And um, and then at the same time, it says Revelation 13 it says that the false prophet will be raised up, <clears throat> and he will begin to work signs and wonders and miracles in front of the people. So much so that it says that I mean, like Elijah, he can call fire down from heaven. I mean, it's that that level of authority, that level of uh, of a demonic but forerunner type spirit on him. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it all to actually point back to the Antichrist or to the man of sin as that he is who he says he is. Yeah. And so, um, and it says what's interesting in Revelation thirteen, it says that they will also build an an idol, some type of statue as well, that mm-hmm. people have to worship. Um, that's given some sort of demonic spirit that, and I don't know how this all works, didn't really tell us, but that, that, that statue or that image can, can speak to those that are in charge. So it's some mm. sort of demonic trans, translation kind of thing, <clears throat> specifically to help locate or to find those who will not take the mark of the beast to help them be put to death. Wow. So where, um, now where, where Revelation 13. Revelation 13. Yeah. Talks about the image. Yes. That's where, that's where it's all located. Wow. And, um, so, yeah, so, so there seems to be, the parallel is that, that that event that takes place in the future becomes a kind of a signpost that we're started the Great Tribulation. The Antichrist has started his reign, started his rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that seems to be, coincides with the time when he begins to institute an uh, economic global system. We, we, people call it the Mark of the Beast, or the Bible actually calls it the Mark of the Beast. We can't buy or sell without it. And uh, begins to go out and conquering nations and uh, putting them under authority in a very short amount of time. So over that forty-two months, three three and a half years, he goes out to conquer the, the whole world, you know. Which is it's it's crazy that he does it. I don't I don't think he winds up. I don't. In other words, it's not like everybody's on his team from the get go. Yeah. Because I mean, Daniel talks about him going out to war against nations, which tells you that means there's people that aren't standing with him. Yeah. Um, but he's but he's effective at what he does. Um, he's able to conquer at a at a high rate. Um, you know, it's it's uh, if you read Daniel seven, it says that he's his beast kingdom is not like any of the other ones before them. It says that he tra- he tramples on the on the uh, the enemy, and then he 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 then tramples on the residue, which is like an overkill picture, wow. you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know he's he's got the authority of it says in Revelation thirteen says that the Satan will give him his power, his throne, and, and, and great authority. So it's like the offer that was given to Jesus on the mountain to bow down and worship him and receive all the kings of the earth, uh, which Jesus refused. Yeah. The Antichrist is given that same offer and accepts. And, um, and so he has, he has great demonic authority and God allowed authority for a short period of time. Mm. Wow. So that, that, that authority period of time, that's what we call the great tribulation. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as somebody who was pre-trib for, for a long time, I just didn't pay attention to anything about the tribulation, to be honest with you, because I just thought I wasn't going to be here. Right. Right. Sure. So why why is it so important, in particular, that oh, maybe maybe there's a better question. Maybe I need to ask it like this: um, How should the Christian prepare for the tribulation? Let's just just assume that we're in that age, right, and we're going right. to go through it. Now, to your point, we we just don't know. Right, it, it's every day we know is closer. That's right. one thing we do know. Right, it may not be us. It may not be our kids. Um, you know, there's some signs that maybe point to 
things are closer than they were before, mm-hmm. but we don't know. Sure. Um, but we are to live as if we are in that day, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the, the, the with books, that day in mind, yeah, with that day in mind. Yeah. And, and it, it seems like even the writers of the old Testament or the new Testament are kind of instructing their people to live as if it's that day, mm-hmm. right? Like there's some level of like, right. You know, just urgency that we just need to be mindful of. So right. if that's, well, how would you prepare for that? What do you do? Yeah. I was th- thinking about the verse in uh, revelation 13, where it says, uh, says that the Antichrist says, and he'll go out to make war with the saints, right? And they'll be given into his hand. I mean, it's really clear for, for the 42 months. So th- there's an element of this where, I, at some level, that, that doesn't sound positive, but it is positive in the sense that he's going to war with the saints, which tells us that the saints are an actual threat in this day. Because mm. you, you don't go to war against, I mean, whatever, uh, an ant. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. you, 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 you go to war against you know something that actually has a real threat to your kingdom, to your, your purposes, your... And so how it, right right now the church by and large is very little threat to I mean it's it our biggest threat is our numbers that we may have that could vote a certain way against somebody's ideology that, right. that's about that's about that's where, where we're at, at you right know what I'm saying which yeah. is not awesome but it is what it is um our but we've not we've never had it we, we, in, in a global sense where our message is actually I'm mean, tearing down kingdoms and it's and it's shifting things and then the, the, the like what you see in the, the the reason why they hate the two witnesses so much is that these guys were massively destructing de- destructive to their plans right you know it's like you're not trying through to, not through guns and swords right and, you're trying you know, to get you're through. trying to move your army across during the great tribulation to a certain area and and not only is all you know the the, the judgments that have been hitting messed up all the uh, supplies. You know, saying routes, but then they called a drought. You know, <laughs> you know, and, they, and all the rivers yeah. are, they can't, their yeah. armies can't drink. I mean, my point is like, and they're creating that. little literal resistors. Yeah, they're, they're they're prophesying it yeah. in the street, and then it's actually happening. And everybody gets to see it, and they're getting madder about yeah. it. Yeah, and they've got some sort of supernatural protection on them. Where they, they they they're trying to kill them and can't kill these guys. Yeah. Um. So you see that through the church. I mean, that's that's part of it. But I think. Um, to answer you know, the question, how do we prepare? And, and yeah, that is a great question because whatever we probably say right now, it'll probably be different mm. than whatever we're thinking it's going to look like. But yeah. I think there's some principles. So in other words, it would be it'd be weird for me to say, hey, go buy you know a, a bunker somewhere and huddle up and totally. store a bunch of food. Because well, I mean, first of all, if you do that, what are you going to do when everybody's starving around you? Really, just going to let them starve? Yeah, you got all the food. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, if you're thinking from a Christian perspective, totally, dude, eternity, yeah. like your neighbors are starving, you got all the food. But if you tell everybody they're all coming to you, like, I don't know. That's, that whole process is probably not going to work. Yeah, the so prepper great. thing is probably but not. But you know what? The Lord may do, he may have some people that are really doing the prepper thing. And, yeah. and that's what they, they're to do. And, and the Lord's got his plan behind this. I don't, I'm not discounting it. I'm not saying it's a horrible idea. I just don't know that that's, that, I don't know that that's the first thing we should be doing. First. It, yeah, it may be, totally. Yeah. But it may be part of the process. I don't know. Because I think the Lord's going to have his Josephs around the world that are preparing for the time of famine, and they're going to they're going to feed a lot of people, and they're going to do a lot. Yeah. They're going to be shelters for people in the middle of trouble. So I want to honor that. The uh, but I think you know I think about the verses like when Jesus said talking about in the age says you know pray always that you may be found worthy you know to escape. And when he's talking about escape all these things, he's not talking about leaving the earth. In the same way he said um, he said that, that in Revelation he said that he goes pray that he goes he, goes, he says. Um, so he says, he keeps my commands, whatever, I'll, I will keep them from the hour of trouble that is coming upon the earth. Mm-hmm. So yet a preacher of God would say that's talking about them escaping right. the planet. And there's a lot of problems with that because the, the Greek word is terero ek. It means to keep out from among. No, sorry, to keep from in the midst of. That's the idea. Oh, interesting. And so he actually uses the same phrase in John. The only other time it's actually used in the Bible, and it's where he said, I pray that, that 
you keep them. Yeah, pray you do not take them out of the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Yeah, John. And, 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 and what that what you means is that that it's not that we're we disappear from the world. It means that we're preserved in the midst of. It's kind of like yeah. the land of Goshen in the midst of the of the Egyptian um, assault by the Lord. Yeah, you know they're they're protected in, to a degree in the midst of the trial. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, we we escape because we don't fall into the same pitfalls. We don't fall away. We don't. We don't get, we don't lose our soul in, the, in, in those days because we, we have a spirit of prayer upon us. And I think staying connected to the prophetic church, God does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. And the Lord will, he'll tell, he's going to make sure that for, for the people that are listening and people that are watching, they, that's the way he says over and over again. Like what he, his advice over and over again is watch and pray. That just seems so like, give me something a little bit more. Like, <laughs> you know, tell me, tell, what, where do I buy guns? What do I do? Yeah, that's right. You know, and the Lord didn't say any of that. You know, yeah. he just says, watch and pray, which is so simple that we just, we don't do it because yeah. it just seems so like. effective. Yeah. And so then what happens, we really don't do it. And we're going to find out that that was the most important thing to have done. Wow. Because I think that it's something about watching and praying. You'll have understanding of the times and seasons, and then you'll be able to hear, and not just in an individual sense, but hear even from a corporate sense, the direction where to go. Yeah. You know, the Lord, when, when Jesus was born, the Lord visits his parents multiple times. You read Matthew 1. How many times the Lord visited them in a dream and said, leave this place, go down to Egypt, wait there until the king here is dead. Yeah. And, and, then, and then when he was dead, he gives another dream. He says, now it's time. He's dead. Go on back. He goes, but then he tells him not to go to uh, where it was, the first place. But he said, to go go over, he winds up growing up in Nazareth. And, yeah. And so... My point is that spirit will is going to lead his end time church for the people that will listen and put the ear ear to him, not fall away. And he'll tell us. And the other thing is, I, I do think you know the stories of Elijah. He says uh, in the Psalms says in that day in the time of trouble that our bread would be sure. In other words, I think God's going to do things that are sovereign in the sense of the way He did the the Exodus. You know, mm-hmm. and He's going to He's going to have the manna that's going to appear and, and the, the supernatural things are going to take place. It says in um in the book of Malachi, Micah. By the end of the age, it says, as it, it says, he, talking to someone at the end of the age, he said, he said, the wonders that I did in Egypt, he says, he said, I will perform. I will perform them. In other words, the types of miracles that were happening under the hands of Moses will happen again mm. under his saints. Which, I mean, I think that's the Acts 2 company that's yeah. prophesying and the signs of the heavens and wonders of the earth. So I think getting Joel connected too. in, yeah, right now, I think getting connected in community mm-hmm. is huge. Like having a spirit of prayer, like really praying. Yeah. Having connected where you can hear, but being in a, in a community, a real community, is super important because those are that's what's because the church most likely isn't going to ex- stay in its current form. Yeah, like I, during the Great Tribulation, I just don't see us doing Sunday morning services on you know, and it's not going to be the same. And I'm not against those, totally. but it's probably all going to look more like it does in China. Yeah, everywhere, and um, your your pastors are also going to be leading doing some job somewhere and you know whatever totally. I mean it's just going to be it's going to have to be like that you know and so and that's not a knock on the way it is or not the Lord's given us this moment but I think this is a moment for us to prepare our souls yeah. like to get understanding and it says the people of, of understanding will lead many but you don't just get an understanding that hour like the idea that we're going to all be great evangelists in the in the in the great tribulation but we never evangelize now we're unprepared for what we need totally. and the Lord may help us and may catch us up but it's like if we'll do it now, you'll do it then. Or if, even if it's not for you, maybe it's for your kids. But if you'll do it, they'll do it. You know, whatever. So yeah, I think that's I think that's super helpful. Um, it, there really is a simplicity behind just just being watchful and prayerful. Um, and, and one of the things that you've said in the past, and we'll talk about this a little bit when we when we um, dive into the harlot 
um, of Babylon, but it seems like there is, um, it seems like very clear that, that, that the wickedness in the earth is, is really dialed up to level 10. Um, and that, yeah. that it's just, it, wickedness is increasing all the more. Yeah. And one of the points that you've made, um, and just in our own conversations is that there are things now that, that, you know, say the, say the wickedness is at level six, right? Like we need to go ahead and get free of some things now yeah. because in that day and age, there's not going to be really be a chance for us to, to be free. Sure. Like, like if, if, if we can't kick our porn habit now, right when it's a level six and it becomes a level 10, right? right? It's going to be much harder sure. then, right? If we, if we can't, if we can't, you know, avoid materialism now, it's going to be much harder than there's some, just some, yeah. some, some aspects about that, that I think, you know, to your point, it really understanding that we're going to be going through suffering, understanding that um, immense tribulation and trial is going to hit the earth. It really should inform how we live today because it, it ultimately how we live today is what almost in a sense, kind of qualifies us to to, to yeah. stand steadfast oh, in the, the hour. Yeah. So two things I would say. One, on your point, Daniel 8.23 says, when transgressors have reached their fullness, the king shall arise. He's talking about the Antichrist. Mm. Um, and it, but it's interesting that he says that happens in conjunction with the fullness of sin on the earth. And so there is an escalation of sin. That's the Tower of Babel idea. It's, it's, there's an escalation that the sin is going to peak. Um, and it's going to bring forth these... It's like it's like God allowing the judgments to happen, and it's going to be a parallel to the increasing of sin on the earth. So right now, yeah, so like pornography, it's a it's a level six difficulty in the earth right now. But just twenty years ago, it was a level three. Mm. You know, I mean, twenty years ago, or maybe go back a little bit further than that. Twenty five years ago, you know, you had to go to a gas station and look somebody in the eyes right. and buy a magazine, and like the, just the just yeah. the fear of man that worked in your favor kept a lot of people from doing stuff like that. Yeah, right? or go to some sleazy, you know. Whatever, but now it's like it's completely available at the touch. It's sitting in our pocket right now. If we want, anybody could look at it at any right. moment. That's, but that's still the six. This thing's right. going to go to a ten, and so yeah, you're right. Like we've got to get vision for being free right now, uh, because it's only going the the darkness is going is going to continue to get darker. The other thing I was going you said is about having vision or reward. Like um, I think catching a real glimpse of the rewards of the age to come and what they, and hopefully we'll get to go through those. I think, and where there's actually captured our heart, that will be an anchor for so many of us. I mean, he says it over and over to him who overcomes, I will give yeah. to him. Who overcomes. So, so he's always, he's constantly trying to, to, to motivate us by looking at the reward. But if we have no value or don't understand what the rewards are, then we, we have no chance to be motivated by it. Yeah. And so then our, our sole motivation is, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's 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 less than what God that God motivated us by. Something like, you know, I, I, I just want to get to heaven. I, I want to, you know, I know that's bad. I shouldn't do that. You know, right. or we're only being tutored by the pain that causes. Yeah, it's like I know if I do that, that hurts. But that doesn't help on a long, on a long term. You know, yeah, it gets you through a moment. But yeah, it exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. So there's something about something about look. You know, looking to the rewards. That's what the, the apostles said. They said, uh, you know, if. Um, yeah, if in this life only we we have hope, then we're to be pitiable above all men. Like, like we've given up everything because we believe there was something greater coming down the road in the next age. Mm. But if but if there's not anything greater coming, then then we should you should pity us because we we've made a big mistake. Yeah. But because they they understood what was coming, they were willing to give up a lot on this side. That's so good. Yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, I think that's that's where we need to live. Uh, yeah. Billy, Billy uh, has said in the past um, something like, if, if the way that you're living 
today doesn't make sense in light of the end of the age, then you need to change how you're living today. Hmm. And it's like, you know, if we can, if we can understand one, the rewards that are coming and then two, the suffering that's coming, it really should impact because I'm in, I'm in training right now, ultimately. And I want to make sure that when that day comes that I have, I have prepared my mind, I've prepared my spirit, I've prepared my flesh, I've prepared my kids, i prepared my domain, my community, my, you know, everyone, you know, not in a, you know, conspiracy theory, the end is near, but in a, you know, hey, you know, we, we are sobered and we're going into this thing full of hope, knowing right. that it's going to be full of suffering, but we're not going to lose joy, we're not going to lose hope in the middle of so it, good. so I love it, man. Well, that's all for uh, today's episode. We are uh, going to continue in our series and we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that conversation and that you are ministered to. Please remember to follow us and to leave a good rating on your preferred streaming platform. And if you want to learn more about gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com slash gatekeepers. See you in the next episode.